You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Yeah. Sorry, I just heard that uh, What the Fox Say. Mm-hmm. I heard that not hot-y, too long hot-y, ago. Hotty, hotty, hotty. Oh. Kind of got stuck in my head. <laughs> I know all the words to that Do song. Do you? Yeah. My children loved it. I loved Yeah, it's a great song. It came out. Yeah. I listened to it literally 6,000 <laughs> times. Wow. I counted. On the dot. Yeah. Not like I made 6, little stroke counts on the wall. Okay. I, no, because once the 6,000th hearing... time happened, I was like, that, guys, this is enough. That's it. 6,000. Stop it. So now that you've heard Daniel sing it, it's 6,001. Uh, but I didn't really sing it, actually. But he oh, okay. heard so himself sing count. it. Yeah. Uh, ah, too many drill. Uh. Ooh. <laughs> this- let's go, let's go, let's go. Hurry up. You gotta hurry, you gotta hurry, you gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball to wrap. Gun do right, gun do right. Three jet buck guy. Don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. This is professional, dang it. Sorry. Mac so Jones. professional, we didn't even introduce ourselves or the name of our show Daniel, or our sponsors. Daniel just squeaks. <laughs> Do it, a drill. This is the scrimmage. You're Justin. Yeah. I'm Daniel. That's Andrew. Okay. Oli Penn Real Estate Law, Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. There it is. <laughs> Mac Jones is under fire for tackling a player without the ball after he fumbled on Sunday. Justin, was Jones trying to injure the defender with a dirty play or just an honest mistake and trying to make the tackle? I think it started out as an honest mistake of, hey, I'm going to grab this guy so he can't get the ball, and then it turned into an angry player showing reckless disregard for someone else's ankle. Oh, really? It wasn't the most egregious thing I've ever seen, but he'll probably be fined, and I think I would file it under the category of dirty plays. Scott Service has been named as a finalist for the 2021 American League Manager of the Year Award, along with Dusty Baker of the Houston Astros and Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays. Daniel, will Service win the award? No, but he should. Dusty Baker, are you kidding me? Oh, this manager took the most talented team to the World Series. Cool. Kevin Cash, I guess, is kind of a story because, I mean... Tampa's payroll is like dirt every year. So I could see that one at least. I think Service deserves it this year, but no, I do not think he will win it because blah, 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 his team didn't have enough wins. The Tennessee Titans took down LA after losing Derrick Henry. Justin, is everyone overreacting about how Tennessee is built? I think this wasn't the good game to measure that because the offense actually didn't really have to do all that much. There was a pick six, and then there was another horrible interception that gave them great field position. I think uh, the way Tennessee's defense is built is the best four-man pass rush in the league by the advanced stats, so I would say the way they're built on defense is good and it's going to probably have to prop up the offense a little bit the rest of the way. Is that where I was supposed to buzz you? (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) That's fine, fine, actually, because I think the last question we have, which literally says college football playoff rankings, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can tell who wrote that one. I I think... (laughs) 
It actually leads into something that's a little bit more of a conversation. I actually was yeah. gambling that that was a bullet point and not a question. But Sorry, I should we, put a question mark at the end of it. We, uh, uh, real quick, yeah. though. Tennessee, are people forgetting that Tennessee has A.J. Brown and Julio Jones? Um, no, like, pe- I don't think people forget that, but I think it's not people, like they're just Derrick Henry and a yeah. bunch of poopy heads. I think people more tend well, they don't to, have a quarterback, so to view Ryan Tannehill as just a guy who was only as efficient as he was because he was propped up by the run game. So now this is Tannehill's chance to prove that he's more than that, more than just the game manager that has an incredibly efficient rating because of Derrick Henry. So. I am really curious to see what will happen. Also, I don't... I've watched a decent amount of Julio Jones this season. He is not the same guy. He's just not the all-time great receiver that he used to be. He's fine. He makes plays. But he's not the guy anymore. He's just a guy. Well, he doesn't have to be the guy because he got A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown's awesome. They've also both been in and out of the lineup all year. the The game they lost to the Jets, they were both out. So I, I think, um, you know, you got health concerns there. You got real concerns in the run game because they signed two guys to fill the Derrick Henry void. One of them is Adrian Peterson. Neither of them looked particularly good. Um, I really do. I think that this game was 90% won by the defense for Tennessee, and they have the best – I don't want to mix these two things up. They have the most sacks in the league – when rushing with only four players, and they have the second-best quarterback pressure rate when rushing with only four. So as a non-blitzing pass rush, they're really, really good. So I'm a fan of the Seahawks. I understand nothing of what you just said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) because they... What is this? There are some... Four-man... So what happens, Daniel, is there there are some teams... ...who have players that are good enough that even when they only send four players, they can still pressure the quarterback. But then who do they send to actually pressure the quarterback? Yeah, no, no, those four, just those four guys. I know it's a really weird concept to wrap your brain around, but those four guys can get into the backfield and at least, if, even if they're not sacking the quarterback, they at least make him think about being sacked and have to throw a little quicker and fluster him a little bit. But that's like with also the safety coming, No, just right? four guys, just <laughs> four linemen. So those four guys, yeah. they like, they contain the line and then who goes after the quarterback oh all those guys do all four of them they kind of they try to converge on him actually there was one play in the titans game that i thought was really funny i think i texted you guys about it but they're well you texted us about matt stafford making two stupid jared jared goff mistakes oh no you know oh it was actually uh hold on dang it now i'm forgetting i don't know if i got the right team there was a play maybe it was aaron donald no it was a titans guy okay the titans defensive lineman pushed the Rams lineman so far back that he pushed him into Stafford. And then as oh, Stafford was that. stumbling, the lineman went around him and sacked the quarterback. I was wrong. Was you texted cool. us about three plays, and that was one of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, was, that, was sweet. that was an amazing bull rush. Yeah, like That dude absolutely destroyed that lineman, the, the offensive lineman. I'm just going to say it. Titans are pretty good. Yep. They're pretty Although good. Football was weird this weekend. You know what the best play of the weekend was? Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen. That's the best play of the weekend. <laughs> what about when Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen and also recovered a Josh Allen fumble? 
Did he actually Wait, do that? Wait, did that all happen? Did that he happen? did all three of those things I in one? I didn't know that. Okay, I am shocked that you guys didn't hear that because I feel like I've heard it 20 <laughs> times since I'm, Sunday. It's one of those things that people are, they get, they've gotten so excited about it that so, I'm like, okay, like it's cool. It's so cool. I slept all day today. Okay. I've, <laughs> so that's I've been really busy, yeah, but been, I Andrew, still been should have known. I still, what is... Something's he, yeah. wrong with my family and friends that they haven't told me this seven or eight times. I yeah, Justin. Also, that I think I heard. Well, I was so annoyed by it, I didn't want to annoy you guys with it. But I think uh, I heard that it was the first interception of Josh Allen, defensive Josh Allen's career, and the first fumble recovery of defensive Josh Allen's career. And he did all three of those things in the that's same season. Oh, that's, that's amazing! And I saw also that, made you know, quarterback is, Josh Allen look real, real bad. Real bad. Yeah. Just he's. I mean, that's why he's on my fantasy team. Everybody has to have a bad game. I'm Daniel, not panicking I, yet. Can I take a moment to thank you? Because <laughs> I was 0-5 when I played your fantasy team. It was my first win of the year. I'm on a four-game win streak now. I just won my game by like 40 points. My team, all it needed was to turn itself around was to play Daniel's team. You know what? <laughs> you know I have a real bad fantasy team when uh, Josh Allen wasn't even the worst quarterback on my roster this week. Who was worse? Daniel Jones. Oh. Yeah, he only scored seven points. You know, there was another quarterback Daniel sighting this week. Old Daniel McCoy. <laughs> oh, Danny McCoy. <laughs> Daniel Colt McCoy started a game for the uh, Arizona Cardinals and, and played great. What is going on? I don't know. This, weird, this year's really weird. weird, man. Super I don't like weird. it. Speaking of weird, college football rankings, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> so, so we had a large discussion on Facebook about this. Yeah, I, we had a, <clears throat> I really appreciate when our, when our listeners are chiming in on these conversations because yeah. it gives us perspectives that we don't often think about. We've been talking a lot about Cincinnati, and I'll admit the first thing that was said by Loyal was like, would anybody really care about this if there wasn't a local team on it? And, okay, I'm going to say two things. One is, I'm guilty. No, I probably would not. But there's at least one person in this room that's been advocating for the little guy for at least a decade. And that's Daniel Hargrove. Is that how long it's been since UCF? UCF, Boise State, <laughs> uh, how Boise far State. back do we have to yeah, go so that point. you've been advocating for these teams to get a shot at, at winning? Because before it used to be they couldn't get into the major BCS games, yeah. and that's what Boise State was. Yeah, exactly. Boise State couldn't get – and it wasn't like we were ever saying national championship, although yeah. it's just sucks. some years I was, but yeah. come on. It just sucks that it's perfectly normal for a college team to never – lose a game in their season and not be a champion yeah that's it's, it's awful and my main argument was like yes i get what everybody's saying it's the committee's job to make that decision they're trying to decide who's the best and they don't Most care popular what, and there's enough yes true in my mind but how can you like in any league of any sport you play in are you sniffing your beard <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> you just find beard. new and better ways to derail a show. <laughs> My beard smells a tiny bit like puppy breath. <laughs> and it's. <laughs> Do we need context TMI. on that? TMI. So we got this new puppy, 
And whenever I hold him, the first thing, he's very sweet. He's a very sweet boy. He loves to chew on my beard. So I'm constant, like not lick it or anything. He wants to bite it and chew on it. So every time I pick him up, the first thing I'm doing is like blocking his face from my chin. And he definitely got a little... I got a little puppy breath smell in my beard. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I caught a whiff of it, and then I thought, my beard's long enough. I can get it to my nose. And yeah. I just went... You totally pulled yeah. it out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh, you remember my... what you were talking yes. about? Okay. Yes, I do, because you can't forget... Because he's that... been talking about this for 10 years. Yes. If there is a league of any competition where somebody can go undefeated and actually compete, you know, where they can win all of the games they play and they can play as many as everybody else did and not lose a game and they can't even be in the championship game or in the playoffs, then they're not in the same league and they should be in another one where they can compete for the championship. Mm -hmm. I agree. But saying all of these teams are in NCAA Division Football and Division I college football right now is a lie. It's an absolute lie because if you win every single game and you don't even have a chance to play for a championship, you're not in the same league. You're not. And so it's... I don't... I know that... One more expansion would probably solve that, but I bet there would still be a chance for them to screw it up. But that, I mean, that it's asinine to me to think that people think that it's okay that just because Cincinnati plays in a bit lesser of a league, that if they go undefeated, even though they actually did their best to schedule somebody, because that's the other argument is, oh, they didn't schedule anybody. They scheduled Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's good. Like, I get that there's I get that there's a question about how good they are. I always hate Notre Dame, and I will poop on them any chance I get. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that with the love that Notre Dame gets from the rankings every year, Cincinnati scheduling Notre Dame should be enough. Yeah. I mean, you'd love to see another tough team, but oh yeah, tell me who Alabama's non-conference schedule is. Yeah, the other thing Alabama that... plays Children of the Poor every year for <laughs> non-conference, and then they play an SEC schedule that has two hard games in it, and everybody else is dog poop, and then they go, oh well, we beat one of these other really good SEC teams, or oh our only loss is to this other really good SEC team, and they still get in the playoffs. Saying that the whole SEC is really good is stupid because let me tell you, if Cincinnati scheduled Vanderbilt, do you think everybody would be like, "Oh man, they scheduled a real tough SEC contest there"? No, they would not. No, because no. Vanderbilt get no credit for that. It's garbage. Yeah. That that's I think the biggest thing out of all this that bothers me is there there were multiple people in this comment thread that we were conversing with saying. Well, if Cincinnati played in one of these other major conferences, they wouldn't be undefeated. And I think people are doing that based on reputation. Because if you look at what – I have specific gripes with Ohio State and Oregon being yeah, ahead of them. Because absolutely. both of those teams have a loss. Oregon has a completely inexcusable loss to a bad Stanford team. Yes. Ohio, and the, the only thing that's propping up Oregon's resume is beating Ohio State. Well, guess what? Ohio State hasn't played anybody. Yeah. Minnesota, Tulsa – Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. The best win on their resume is Penn State, who was ranked 20 at the time. And then if you want to talk about eking out wins, Ohio State 
just beat a bad Nebraska team by nine points. So I won't tolerate people coming in saying, well, Cincinnati only won by a touchdown against these other teams. The other teams are doing the same thing, and they have a loss on their resume. Yes. In Oregon's case specifically, it's a bad loss to a bad team in which people were widely criticizing how poorly that game was managed. Yeah. So I feel with those two teams specifically, at least if you go into Alabama's schedule – which I did earlier, the loss that they have to Texas A&M, okay, Texas A&M's pretty good. Like Alabama, they weren't ranked at the time. Well, they are now. Well, because yeah, they beat Alabama. They, they no, just but, beat LSU by six points. Okay, but I'm not, okay, I'm, I'm not LSU, trying to advocate that Texas A&M. Ranked. And I'm not trying to advocate that Texas A&M is amazing. Yeah. But I think they're like seven and two. Like, it's not a bad loss. Yeah, okay. But Alabama should win that game. Yeah. But at least if you look down Alabama's schedule, they have ranked teams on it that they're beating. You know, yeah. Georgia went out and scheduled Clemson, which I guess turns out to be not that great of a win, but it's still a win. But so you like give them credit. That's the other thing. Yeah. They scheduled it thinking it was going to be a great game. Right. So Cincinnati so you, scheduled Notre Dame thinking it was going to be a great game. Yeah. So I have less of an issue with those two teams at and Alabama and Georgia. And Prior to this past week, I had no issue with Michigan State because they were undefeated. Also, the Ohio State thing has a decent chance of kind of working itself out because their last two games of the season are against Michigan State and Michigan, I believe. So they're going to, those teams are kind of like beat each other up to maybe where only one of them gets in. I just feel like, specifically with Ohio State and Oregon, I got big gripes about why two one loss teams with nothing that really proves that they're any good. Are ahead of Cincinnati yeah. on on the rankings. Absolutely. Okay, uh, that's last week's rankings, right? Yeah, yeah, the new ones will come out tomorrow, the, and I guess the in a new way, ones were released November seventh. No college football playoff rankings. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm You're talking about at the, the AP. A- AP. Yeah. yeah well, well Cincinnati's been two in the AP for the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never it's mind. The, the college football playoff rankings, and I only know this because I looked it up when right before I came here. They're going to be released every Tuesday between now. And the the actual playoff, which really sucks for us, but it's yeah. smart for them. But because we're projecting else on we're projecting a little bit because we don't really know what Cincinnati's going to come in come in at. But Oregon and Ohio State didn't lose, so I'm going to assume yeah. Cincinnati's not going to jump over them. Yeah. The only team they really have a chance of jumping over is Michigan State. But in the predictions that I looked up, it still had Cincinnati at six, Michigan State at five. So that feels like the most likely scenario, and that probably means there's going to be four. One lost teams ahead of undefeated Cincinnati in the rankings, which feels ridiculous to me. Yeah, just ugh, so fresh. So Alabama just beat LSU twenty to fourteen. LSU is four and four. Alabama also had like a two point win over Florida, and at the time Florida was. I don't good. understand why they're ranked even the, like they're they're yeah. they're a top five team maybe so at the time florida was good but florida's lost like four games in a row or something so now that looks like a like yeah. they're not very good anymore either. yeah so and remember all of those good wins are like in conference yeah. because yeah. alabama doesn't schedule anybody but in conference well they don't have to because the sec is a step above the nfl exactly <laughs> exactly anyway that's my big gripe about that i do understand where you're coming from in your guys' arguments, and they are valid. I'm going to say they are valid points. I don't agree with them, but I think they are valid. The thing that I definitely don't agree with is the fact that you can have a team that doesn't lose in a league and then doesn't even get a chance to play for a championship. 
that is a farce to say that they are in the same league. And right now, these teams are in the same league. So nominally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. By name only, I guess. Yeah. Because they're not popular enough or in a, the right league, the right division. All right, Justin, do you have a stamp, Daniel? I was going to try and come up with a... You do? I got something. No, okay. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for stump, Daniel. I think we've been a little too sportsy lately. Uh-oh. Uh Stump Daniel brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz, by the way. This is a sports Really? Show, taste isn't it? testing <laughs> chocolate or taste testing candy was too sportsy? That was great though. That was like, <laughs> Don't you dare say that wasn't good. We'll bring that back. We'll I bring that back in the mailbag. Right. We we got a lot of really good comments and feedback on that. We'll bring that back a little bit. And uh, I got a surprising take, I think, on that whole candy thing. But <clears throat> I was got, getting railed on that. As I was, that's li- coming up in mailbag, right? We're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do okay, that. Good. I think. Uh, yeah, no, and that that was like ten percent of our show. I would prefer that our show be fifty percent sports, fifty percent nonsense. But you know, we'll balance it out. Uh, and and so because I feel like we've been so sportsy lately, I decided to go with uh, some crazy animal facts, Daniel. So we're going to play. True, false, crazy animal facts. Sweet. All right. So first question, forgive me for a moment. Okay. So first question, Daniel, is this true or false? Elephants in Africa are now being born without tusks as an adaptation to poaching. So elephants are now being born with no tusks because too many elephants were being killed by poachers. Well, that's interesting because if the elephants... Sorry, I got distracted because Joel DeBlanco dropped into their live chat to say, oh, to hey, say Joel. hey, what's up, guys? Hey. They hate us because they ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Did you say anus? No, no. ain't <laughs> us. Oh. <laughs> yes, I agree. Absolutely, 100%. You agree that elephants are now being born without tusks? No, well, I was going to talk my way through this. You know, so if if the poachers are killing all the elephants with the big tusks, then that would mean the elephants without the big tusks would be the ones having elephant babies. And I'm assuming genetically they would have more babies that didn't have tusks. So I'm going to say true. You freaking nailed that. Yes. Okay, so I full disclosure, that question was a trap. <laughs> because whether you said true or false, I was going to twist it. Okay. <laughs> because technically it's not like an adaptation as like a defense mechanism, yeah. which is the way I phrased it, although I would have said <laughs> if you said the other way, I would have said that was right. But uh, yeah, the way it was explained by Ron McGill, leading zoologist of Zoo Miami, yeah, was that j- just like Height. He used height as an example. Yeah. If everybody decided, I hate tall people, yeah. and killed all the tall people, <laughs> all you'd have left were short people, and people would just get shorter and shorter. So that's exactly. That exactly. And that's why, you know, so many... Okay, maybe I'll... Never mind. The same <laughs> phenomena as I'll the elephants get, with I'll tusks you the next question, is yeah. also true to rattlesnakes with rattles. There are so many rattlesnakes now with no rattles or tiny rattles, because people... Little. Kill the rattlesnakes with good rattles and use them to make cool is, stuff. Do you think that's oh, wow. because they can find the rattlesnakes with the good rattles? Because I'm going to kill any rattlesnake that I get in too close a proximity to. See, I would run away from said rattlesnake. All right. It, 
Fair Daniel, enough. you're one for one. Sweet. You ready for number two? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Sloths primarily live in trees and only come, only typically come out of the tree about once a week to poop. True or false? <laughs> once a week? Yeah, to poop. Man, my son goes on streaks sometimes like that. <laughs> <laughs> streaks. Poop. Streaks. Poop streaks. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say true. That is true. Yes. You're two for two. I have no reasoning behind it except for... <laughs> it's funny. Okay. Next I question, like Daniel. Slots are cute. Ringtail lemurs. Okay. As a form of conflict resolution... Can excrete a smell and try to excrete a stinkier smell to outstink the other one. (laughs) I'm going to say false. It's actually true. (laughs) Male ringtail lemurs have scent glands on their wrists and shoulders. And when they get in a disagreement with another ringtailed lemur, they secrete both smells and also a brown toothpaste-like substance and then use their tails... To waft the scent over towards the other ringtail lemurs. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just picturing if humans used this as as their what would what, how did you word it? Uh, conflict, conflict resolution. Daniel conflict resolution. would win yeah. so many arguments. <laughs> Everybody with lactose intolerance would win so many arguments. <laughs> It's like, hey. I think that. No, I'm not gonna say. The that. worst part about that was the brown toothpaste. I know substance. it's pretty gross. Why is it toothpaste? Toothpaste like? I don't know. Ask the lemurs, or God, who created the lemurs. Next one, Daniel. Male seahorses. Yes. True. That is true. <laughs> Male seahorses do get pregnant and yeah. give birth. Yep. Crazy, Which right? somehow you knew. I knew that one. That's like two, <laughs> two already out of these that I feel like these are all pretty random. Like, is that something that's well known, that male seahorses give birth? I don't know why, but it is to me. Okay. <laughs> I've seen that multiple times. Between that and the elephant one, you've got, like, bonus points. I think there's a true facts about the, the seahorse. seahorse. Yeah, that probably is. I love those videos. Next one, facts Daniel. about the mantis shrimp. Koalas often mistakenly called koala bears. Koalas have... Wait, what Well, they're you? not real bears. They're confused with yeah. drop bears. True. But <laughs> koala also... Koala bear is not the name. It's a koala. You're also saying koala. Koala. Instead of koala. Koala. Is it koala? Cruella. Have I been mispronouncing K- this the whole time? How did you say it? Koala. Koala. I almost have like a W in there. I think we're there. saying the same thing. But now I don't know why I have a W in there. Koala bear. Koala bear. Why am I saying koala? Because isn't it K-O-A? K-O-A-L-A. Why am I putting a W sound in there? I just got a text from my wife that says, Everybody knows that male seahorses carry babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, koala. everybody okay, does now because Wait. Justin found out. We exactly. need to resolve this, okay? Daniel, I'm going to say koala, then you say koala, and Andrew will tell us if we're saying the same thing or not. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Koala. 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 You're koala. saying the same thing. Oh, really? It's okay. the same picture. <laughs> okay, I feel like I was throwing in a W sound well, in there. Well, you're clearly spelling it wrong in your head, then. 
I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Okay, yeah. Anyway, what so about So true these? or false, Daniel? Koalas have... No, I said it different that time. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> koalas. Now it's in your head. Okay, koalas have human-like fingerprints. True or false, Daniel? Oh, dang it, that's not the trivia you. I was hoping you would go for koalas. What were you going to go with? I was hoping you were going to go with the only eat a certain type of plant, and even if you pull that plant and put it on a plate in front of them, they won't eat it. They only eat it if it's off the tree. Eucalyptus. Yes. Thank Nailed you. It. Uh, finger. Pr I'm going to say false. It's actually true. Dang it. Are all, have all of these been true? In 1996, <laughs> a team of anatomists at the University of Adelaide in Australia discovered that koala and human fingerprints can easily be mistaken for one another. Well, that's creepy. What if koalas start committing murders? How do you know they haven't already? It's the perfect crime. They have claws. Like, bears. look at the claws on this thing. That's a koala. Ah, I don't want to put energy. this up for the. Can the can the camera see that, Andrew? Uh, can it? Yeah. Yeah. Koala claws are way scarier than I thought they were. Yeah. Thankfully, they, their brains don't have the thinky thinky parts very. <laughs> <laughs> They're dumb. <laughs> They're really dumb. Last one, Daniel. You're doing pretty well here. This one, I think, will hit a little close to home for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> is it a beaver-related? Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> I think you should get a bonus point for knowing it's beaver-related. I don't know. Like, there's all this stuff that I didn't anticipate you getting, and you're just getting it. We need to record at 7.30 in the evening more often. You're on top of your game here. Sharp. True or He's false, Daniel? Except for, with intro, <laughs> except for with intros. Beavers have metal teeth, Daniel. <laughs> true or false? No. False. It's actually true. What? How can they have metal teeth? Beavers' teeth never stop growing. So they chew to keep them at a reasonable length, but their teeth are also built to grow, th to go through chomping. They have an enamel made with iron, which gives them an orange hue and keeps them strong and resistant to acid. Huh. I feel like that is a load of crap. <laughs> Do you feel like it's a load of crap or it's not completely accurate to say so they have metal teeth I, I, just because their enamel has some iron the in it? That's why the beavers are orange. <laughs> oh. That's why they're orange. Yeah. Oh. Not turmeric, apparently. That's, uh, that's hilarious. That's the end of Stump Daniel. I said it was turmeric. <laughs> Nobody! <laughs> the beavers aren't actually orange! No, the, no, the beavers. State, like, look at your shirt. I There's know. An orange the, beaver that's why I, I said that's why the beavers are orange. I know. And you were saying it was copper. No, no iron. steel. Iron. iron. Yeah, iron. No steel. Uh, copper. Where am I going? My <laughs> copper would be green. completely left. <laughs> copper would be green. You used it all up. All gone. That was pretty good, though. Did I win? <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Winner. You're in the beaver yeah, zone. Winner. Chicken dinner. No, Complete see, with so, metal teeth. We used to, I used to, the reason I got the elephant one right, or my thought process there, mm -hmm. is did you ever take a biology class where they started talking about how evolution works, mm -hmm. and they talked about, like, the moths in England during the London fire or I'm something gonna like that? I'm going to say yes, even though the answer is no, because it'll make me feel smarter. Anyway, <laughs> there was a bunch of black, of species of moths that mm -hmm. was white and black, and the year of the London fire... All of the black ones blended in with the ash and didn't get eaten by birds, so there was like no white moths left anymore. Because, and I was like, oh, well, that's just like genetics. Like, that doesn't really. Did you learn that in college or high school? College. Twice. 
because I took a lab at Grace Harbor, and then that when I went to Wazoo, they were like, "You need another so lab it's credit." The reinforcement of it, I think. Yeah. That, so I don't remember anything I learned in college. I remember so many. There was multiple things. And I like only that. went to college for a year. <laughs> there was multiple <laughs> things like that in that lab that I remember. You're right, specifically because I took the same lab twice. They were like, you need another lab credit. And I was like, oh, will this one work? And they're like, sure. Literally the same exact labs. And that I, I bet took you at Grace never Harbor. thought it would pay off. And look at you now. Look at me now. Winning Stump Daniel, <laughs> largely due based on that information. Yep. That's really fascinating, though. Yeah. Beavers have metal teeth. Yeah. And, and the rattlesnakes. Yeah. Losing their rattle, rattles. So let's so, talk wait, about are rattlesnakes poisonous? Venomous, I think. Venomous? Yes, Thank they you. are. Yeah. Yes, they are venomous. Well, that sucks that we don't know they're coming anymore. Yeah. Also, though, I thought that the rattles were grew as they got older. Mm-hmm. I think so. And because they like it adds like an extra link to it when they shed their skin. So I am curious about. Whether it's just that there's lots of young rattlesnakes and they aren't grow, they aren't living as long, or if they're actually not, like they don't. Ha- I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I don't know. Take it up with Ron McGill of Zoo Miami. He's the one who said it. Yeah, um, Ron McGill. I, I probably won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? He seems like a perfectly pleasant. That man. was. I'm busy. That was really fun though. Thank I you. really like the animal. I put facts. almost no thought or preparation. Into I that. used to love zoo books. Yeah, you know those magazines at dentists' office. Yeah. So we had a thing. <laughs> I can't remember what it was called now, but like when I was a kid, we had these binders of animal facts, right? So it was this company that they actually totally tricked my parents bad because <laughs> they would do this thing where they would just send you this stuff yeah. and be like, here's the stuff you ordered, even when you didn't order it. Oh, snap. So so what happened was we got it and it's like a starter set of 30 sheets of animal facts and here's your first binder to put them in. we had that too. Yeah, and then my parents were like, oh, what is this? We didn't order this. And then all of us kids were like, oh, that's so cool. Look about look at all how much we can learn from this. And then my, my dad was like, gosh darn it. Well, I guess we have to keep doing it. And then it's like a subscription. <laughs> yeah. And then they send you like a, you know, a five more every month or something. And you find the binder and you put it in the right spot, and then you got all these animal facts. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But I, did you learn the animal facts? I don't remember them. <laughs> I learned them at the time. I remember from zoo books that sharks don't have bone; it's cartilage. Mm-hmm. And I startled some museum guy in Washington D.C. by knowing that fact. Oh, but yeah, that was a lot of dumb kids that came. I through know, there. right? They're all little. <laughs> they're all little kids. Yeah, but I was like. Actually, it's curling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we want to get to Seahawks stuff? There's not a ton. Uh, there's there's a bit. There's two things, I think, Yeah. to talk about. One is the return of Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's been medically Hooray. cleared to play. See, I, I figured he would come back, but I didn't... I don't know why, but I didn't think a doctor would be like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I... For the for the for the people who want well to spin this as like that want to play out the or play up the narrative of of Wilson being unhappy or there being friction between him and and Pete, this is the doctor that made the surgery has said that it's okay for him to play. Gotcha. So the team doctors haven't said the, that yet. The, the team doctors haven't. I, I they I'm probably not aware haven't even looked they, at him yet. Yeah, um, Russell's shown him the finger, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but 
So I, I've heard a little bit of that tone to the way people are talking about the news. Like, mm. I, is there any doubt? I have no doubt that if Wilson, I, I bet even if he wasn't, a hundred percent, but he said he was ready to go. I, they're gonna play him. I mean, this like, is the short end of the timeline. So as soon as the first, as soon as the I heard the first person suggest that he might come back for this game, I've been assuming he's gonna come back. For yeah, this game. same yeah, here. Me too. Out. Yeah. So that that's the one news. The other news is Pete Carroll just loves to just <laughs> sprinkle things out there. Sometimes, like yeah, you don't know. <laughs> kind of like that. That was a except, good Pete impersonation. Except he does it from the, the podium at press conferences. When he's asked on if they're going to try and get OBJ or not, he's just like, I didn't say yes and I didn't say no. Yeah. Well, he first went, he went on a long, he went on a long, you'll you know, that see. That makes it sound like I don't they know. didn't have a chance. Like somebody claimed him before. I've been on the practice field. And then he was like, see how I answered that without saying yes or no. And then he was like, I don't know. You'll see. And he like ends it with this like curious little, you'll see. You know what? It's adorable. You know what my favorite Pete Carroll non-answer ever was? I don't remember what the question was, but it was how, how are you going to handle or how are you going to address this issue in this next week? And it was like really well. Yeah. <laughs> and the reporter's going, gee, thanks. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Bless your heart. So, as far so, as OBJ goes, yes, I want to say if they were to bring him in, it would be cautious optimism on my part. So, this was another one. We had some really good conversations in our socials about this specifically. That there's a lot of people who are so saying, "Well, why would you think about adding a receiver? That's not what the problem is." But people, you got to understand. There's a talented player out there. There are no talented offensive linemen just hanging out out there. They're all on teams. Yeah. So there's no offensive lineman you can go out to boost your squad. Yep. There's exactly. no pass rusher that's great that can boost your squad. Clay Matthews isn't going to come in and save the day. You have enough average to below average pass, pass rushers. Clay Matthews isn't going to help. So if there's a possibility to bring in a guy who has a chance to make your team better, I think you have to at least consider it. I'm, I'd say cautious optimism because I still think there's like that tiny bit of chance that Beckham would come in to Seattle and all of us would think, okay, you're the third guy because DK's here and Tyler's here and they're both better than you right now. Yes. So you have a chance to prove yourself, but be the third guy and help this pass, this passing attack become dynamic. And I think Odell... His style of play actually would work really well with Russ because he's a freestyler and Russ loves to extend plays. So I think that could actually really work well. But I think there's at least a little bit of a chance Russ that Odell when would his come in catch the that passes too. that he throws though. Well, Odell likes it when his quarterback actually throws him the ball to him in a place where he can catch it, which hasn't been happening with Baker Mayfield. But I think there's at least a little bit of a chance that Odell Beckham comes in with the kind of attitude that he still thinks he's the guy instead yep. of a guy. Yep. So like I have that little bit of a thought in the back of my head. I feel like I would have been 100% against this if it wasn't for last year. But the whole Antonio Brown situation has 
warped my thinking on this because I was like, heck no, I don't want Antonio Brown. He's a crazy person. He'll just ruin everything. And then he goes to Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden you're watching him play, and you're like, how is he allowed to be on this team with Mm -hmm. two other great receivers and a great tight end, and they all are affordable because he was a crazy person for a little bit, but now he's just super effective and, oh, my gosh, still really, really good. And so I go... Well, it sure would have been nice to have that, you know, because... I mean, I said I wanted him. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't about to go there. Pete no. should have listened to me. Now, so is is Odell at that level, though? And has he ever been at Antonio Brown's level? Because Antonio Brown was a freak show. Okay, well, Odell Beckham was, in his first few years, breaking records for receiving yards in his first X amount of games. Yeah. He was literally the greatest as a as a guy who had burst first come onto the scene. He was the greatest rookie, greatest second year receiver of all time. Yes, and he and he had, had a really good third year too. Yeah, exactly. But ever, did he get hurt in yeah, two thousand seventeen? Probably Is that, just about every year. Yeah, so hurt. he's he got he had a big injury because he only played four games yeah. in two thousand seventeen. That was and, still with the Giants, right? Yeah, yeah, he had a really serious injury. Yeah, and then since then it's been a lot of meh. But including but with a thousand yard season, he had a thousand yard season in Cleveland. He he did, but he was targeted a hundred and thirty three times to get seventy four catches mm-hmm. for that thousand yard season, and then last year he didn't do squat either, because probably because injuries. So I don't know. So here's the thing, you would when he I'm had looking a at yards this with four when I'm looking too. at this, you're talking about if if. If the Seahawks brought him in, they're paying seven and a quarter million dollars to rent him till the end of the year. No. Would they have to pay that? Because the thing They I would heard... have to pay that. I there were rumors before that If they claimed they him on would... waivers, they would have to pay that. If yes. nobody claims him If nobody claims him, then, then he'll they... be a free agent. Yeah. In which case they'll have to sign him for but whatever. Like Justin he said, can it's get. like Justin said, are you gonna get a better player? That's just sitting there right now? Or are you giving up on this season? Yeah. Like, is there... Well, there's not a better a option receiver, to spend your money. Does a third receiver... Well, cap there's, space can be rolled over. So that money could be spent next year. And the... Uh, and Cap space does can a be third rolled receiver, over? Yes, cap space can be rolled over. Uh, then why don't teams just not spend any money and then go buy a bunch some, of players for the next season? Do. Some teams do. Cleveland saved like I. So I learned this. There's rules when about- Andrew texted it <laughs> to a group we were in like literally a couple days ago. I didn't know that either. I looked it up and I, there was a year. I remember if it was last year or this year. Cleveland rolled over like thirty million dollars of cap space. Well, I remember they traded. They were like the first team to like do a cap dump with that trade. But I didn't know that they were rolling over. I thought they were just getting out from under cap hits that they had ta- that they would have been taking that next I year. I don't know what the specific rules are for rolling over, but I know that you it doesn't happen automatically, but you can designate certain amount to roll over to the next So are year. you giving up on this season then? The other thing is uh, Well, does it like I guess I just don't see what like what's the what is the what's like the the upgrade there? Your third receiver He'd be is better than now Freddie Swain. He'd be very than... talented. Is that uh, you? You throw what? 
five times a game to your third receiver? Well, that's the thing. If you had a really talented third receiver, you'd probably throw more times to him. Doubt. You can use full sentences. You don't have to talk <laughs> like the doubt. kids. Just doubt. Just absolutely that not. Doubt. If you Kevin get a new from the coach, office. <laughs> If when he starts new, speaking in broken English. If you get a new coach, why you might use start Watt throwing word more. when few word do trick? Let's talk more time. You already have a tight end that you brought in to be a passing a passing threat and you don't throw to him. Okay, so what you're so saying So what about getting a third receiver that's really good is going to make like did you it's not, not going to be used? Did you not watch the Tampa Bay Bucks last year? The Tampa Bay Bucks aren't coached by Pete Carroll. So your specific concern is that... What about the Seahawks adding another receiver makes you think, yeah, they'll throw more. They don't throw because they don't don't have enough receivers. I don't think they'll throw more, but I think they'll be more open. Do you really think that that Odell Beckham Jr. can't do more against a nickel corner or a linebacker than Freddie Swain can? It gives the defense one more weapon to work. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf draw so much attention. You throw Odell Beckham in there, you don't think that they might get some of that attention taken away from them? You you think think that that Gerald Everett won't get more attention? I think that it would be a tiny, tiny, possibly not even noticeable effect. Okay, so three receiver set and Gerald Everett. Do you really now who is the do I think it could be used slash linebacker gonna go to? DK. No, no. I'm saying, like, you have the corners on DK and Tyler. Okay. You have to shade a safety over the top of one of them, at least one of them. Over the top of DK. Oh, over the top of DK. So now you have now you have a nickel corner or your best coverage yeah. linebacker. Are they going to cover Gerald Everett or are they going to cover OBJ? Either Line, one. Linebacker's going to cover Everett. Okay, so now OBJ, you have. But it won't matter because Russell will get sacked. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of with Daniel on this one. I, I think I think that you are you can... so overvaluing a third receiver here. I don't think it I'm would not... give them one more point per game on average. I don't see. I I don't see an argument against adding I, weapons. I'm not arguing so I, they should get I'm not rid arguing of. That so in he your, will be harmful. In... I'm arguing that he will not be worth eight million dollars. I don't think he's worth $8 million either, but if you're not going to try and improve your team, then you're just giving up on the season. There, I disagree that that dichotomy because, exists. Because it's not also, either sign a because wide also, receiver or give up on the team. Because also... give up on the season. Also, it's a great contingency plan because right now, if DK or Tyler goes out, you're absolutely effed in the butt. Yeah, you might have to start throwing to your tight ends. Sorry. It might not be a PG-13 time You shouldn't have said but. You should have said B. Sorry. Uh, yes. You're right. Oh, my gosh. Like, because we've seen what happens when one of those guys gets double teamed. They disappear. They I'm, absolutely. Because they and don't the, throw to it. Well, yeah. Because they're double teamed. And then it's, like, completely gone. So if you're taking one of those guys out and you don't have another viable option, like, the, I don't know. So the only thing that I would say... I think that in, most of the things that you're complaining about... I'm sorry, Justin. It's okay. ...are not because of the it's players the on the field. It's only the third time I've tried. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think it's happening because they don't have a receiver. I don't think that they're missing a receiver and it would be different with a receiver. The only thing I would say is that... Well, first of all, I'm not sure that I would be super comfortable with them blowing 
all of the $8 million of yeah. cap space on Odell. So I'm yeah. with you on that. Yes. But I'm not saying that it would be prohibitive, but I'm, I might be like, eh, are you adding enough value? Which I think is your point. Are you adding enough value for that to be yeah. worth it? There's a headline from Sports Illustrated saying Odell Beckham Jr. is prepared to cause quote-unquote issues if the wrong team claims him off the waivers. Oh, Lord. So increasing the chance that he could <laughs> make it all the way through waivers and then be able to be signed as a free agent, which will probably be for less money. Wait, The only what? thing I would say is, is that I, I don't think there's a really good argument against, like just flatly against adding weapons. It's not what you're doing. You're saying, does the added weapon justify the cost yeah. to bring in the added weapon? If he yes. goes if through waivers and they get him for vet minimum, I don't care. I don't. I'm not excited, honestly, because I don't think it will. I do not think that it will matter. But I would be like, hopefully, I'm wrong. But to Daniel's point, like he was talking about, just having the extra weapons, it can't not help your offense. Like yeah. it will help your offense. It might be a fraction. It might be a ton. I mean, it didn't and, help the Browns' I, offense. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the, the the Seahawks tend to be in a lot of really close games where, like, a point either direction can help. The other thing also, is, like, yeah, but we also saw what the Seahawks' offense. The we, we also saw what the Seahawks' offense did this year with D. Eskridge and then without D. Eskridge. They were explosive. And putting up a butt ton of points, and they have been poopy, poopy, butt, butt soup since then. And that is your third receiver. Are we blaming that on D. Eskridge? Or I'm on saying the- if find another correlation while Russell was still there. And the thing with Odell in Cleveland, I mean, you don't have to look very hard to find the compilation video of all the times that Baker Mayfield missed an open Odell Beckham Jr. Like, for whatever reason... <laughs> That dynamic does not work between those two guys, and I don't know whose fault it is or to place blame on anyone. I know when Odell played for the Giants, he was amazing. Like, when he played for with Eli Manning, he was amazing. He came to Cleveland, he was never as good as he was with the Giants. So does he just need to be unlocked by playing with a quarterback that can connect with him? It's like, I remember having who this... Who is he com- playing with, not quarterback, but who, who are the other receivers on that uh, Jets team? You mean it was Giants, 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 Giants team. I honestly don't remember. I don't either. I was just wondering but if maybe he do you needs rem- to be far and away the best receiver on or the best athlete on the field. Do you remember when Chad Ochocinco went to the Patriots and it never quite worked? And it was the guys who broke it down later said Chad Johnson Ochocinco needs a quarterback who can freelance with him. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady wants to know that at all moments you are in the spot that he knows you're going to be in. Mm-hmm. Not him having to try to figure out where you're going to be on any given play. And I don't know if that's the specific disconnect that Baker is having with Odell or exactly what it is. I know that I've watched compilation videos and they've been circulating like crazy. Well, that's because about, Odell's dad made them. He didn't make it. He copied and pasted it. <laughs> oh, nice. But <laughs> they're, but they're out there. Like It's not hard to find. He's been open and has not. they haven't been able to connect. Yeah. So there's an argument there that the right quarterback who could be in sync with him or perhaps it's just the matter of needing a guy who can improvise better than Baker can, which is weird because he's kind of known for the rollout completions. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, to me, it's another weapon on the field. And if we're talking about the difference between you paid him 200 or you paid him 7. Point, or 2 million or 7.5 million, I almost think it's like 
It's not a negligible amount, but if Pete Carroll and John Schneider look at Odell and think, hey, this could be the guy that really puts our offense over the top, it's worth it to spend that little extra money. Yeah. Because also it adds... A little extra five million. I think that it they are depth. likely to think that about players that aren't going to have a meaningful impact. Well, also, <laughs> it just the depth of this team is not there in my, in my mind right now. I, if Gerald Everett, DK yeah. Metcalf, or Tyler Lockett goes down, you're going, oh, crap, what do we do now? You know, that's I, it. That's I agree my with mind. you there. And, and that's why I, I, I am not arguing. I'm throwing shots at him because it's fun. Yeah. But I'm not <laughs> arguing against him. And honestly, I think the biggest real issue with him is his attitude. And I don't think that will be an issue in the Seahawks locker room. Because he he will be number three receiver to two receivers, one who is young and and could, prone to prone to doing dumb things, but honestly appears to have a really good sense of like ability to take a step back and be like, that was dumb, mm-hmm. which that's pretty impressive for somebody that that's that gets that ridiculous. Yeah, and and Lockett honestly is incredibly mature like i i personally credit lockett's presence to dk not being a diva nutcase i i think he plays a big part in that as well but anyway i don't know we just talked for a lot more time than i thought we were going (laughs) to on this no it's not i mean i think that those are the two sides of this argument is is he worth it and Last year, I would have been 1 million percent on your side of it. One, Sorry, 100 percent. At least 120. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been all over it. But after seeing what happened in Tampa, and I know, yes, you're right, they do throw more. But, gosh, watching in the Super Bowl where they're like, oh, you're going to cover this guy? Well, we'll throw this guy. Oh, you're going to cover that guy? We're going to throw this guy. Oh, we yeah, got Gronk. We haven't used him all season. Now we're going to throw you two touchdowns. It's like mm-hmm. having is- studs is never a bad thing because – do you want it Freddie can... Swain to be the guy catching the game-winning touchdown pass or because he happens to be the third receiver who happens to be the guy open, or do you want it David to be... Moore. Nope, we'll just force uh... it into Halliday. Uh... Not David Moore? No. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. So we, we've gone for a long time without taking a commercial break. I know we have one more non-local topic, but what do you say we take a break yes. and then do Mariners on the other side? So we got, we're got we going to talk about Gold Glove. We're going to talk about Managers of the Year, and I'm going to surprise everyone with my own topic on the other side of this commercial break. Uh-huh. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Thank you to our sponsors, the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz and Oli Penn Real Estate, the sponsor of our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. But before we get into our local topics, Justin, some awards are starting to be released. Finalists are starting to be announced. We talked a little bit about Manager of the Year already, but also J.P. Crawford did not get the gold glove this year. I'm a little bummed out. I think I would be more okay with it if it wasn't to Carlos Correa. Because 
I don't know. Maybe I just haven't watched enough Houston Astros games, and but I keep hearing people say that he could be moved to third base. Yeah, which like, is usually what happens to not very good short. Like, well, shortstops who don't have great range. Yeah, so I'm. I'm a little curious that he was the other shortstop because it feels like there's a ton of great defensive shortstops out there and had one of them won it, I would be like, oh, yeah, that guy's a stud. But Correa is a stud because he mashes, not because he plays great defense. But are we doing this thing where he's too good a hitter to win a gold glove? Because sometimes I think that. Like, I'll see the gold glove list, and then there will be a guy who's, like, an awesome hitter, and I'll be like, that guy can't win a gold glove. He mashes. You know what, though, is I think it's usually the other way around. Mm. You start looking at the gold glove list, and you're like, really? They're all all Mm all-stars? Like, one of these random outfielders isn't just a freak defensive player? So that's how I always feel like. It's like, oh, really? All of the popular players are gold gloves. That's a popularity contest, just like the college football playoff rankings. I thought that in the last week or so, I heard someone talking about how pretty consistently gold gloves were the best defensive of the best players, like not not really for the best defense, but you're one of the best players. This guy has the best defense. That I don't know who sense. it was though, so that, I, and that's kind I of how said I said it was one of you guys. That's how I feel about it, but I, I haven't said it. But that pretty much explains my what I think happens. And I thought J.P. Crawford was kind of the outlier last year. Like I was really surprised he won the Gold Glove last year. Because I didn't picture him in, in that echelon of mm-hmm. players who would even be considered. Have so. you ever heard Dan Patrick talk about like the actual Gold Glove Award? Mm-mm. So it it looks like a trophy, right? Yeah. So he had Harold Reynolds's Gold Glove from you know the '80s or whenever Harold Reynolds played, won a Gold Glove at second base, and then he like put it in the Dan Patrick man cave for a while. It's not a trophy. It's like an actual glove that's like spray painted gold. Are you serious? Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Pretty cheap and lame. Oh. I was going to say kinda... <laughs> Daniel's like, sweet. Sweet. It's a real glove. Justin's like, it's a real glove. Just, I wanted it to be gold. It feels, yeah. I wanted it to be solid, solid gold. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That'd be expensive. I mean, it'd be pretty starting... cool if it were gold leaf, like real gold leaf, but a glove. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Justin, I mean, he's got the beard of a dwarf, so it's coming in. <laughs> Is that a compliment? I don't know. What is the what does a dwarf no, look like? Well, dwarves are known for having awesome beards, okay. usually in fantasy type things. So you're getting there. Dude, their beards smell like puppy breath. Dude, you gotta stop <laughs> smelling your beard. <laughs> you gotta stop smelling your beard. I'm gonna try. Anyway. So that was my thought on that. Because and it's it's also leads into my <laughs> we can get this out of the way early. It also leads into the topic of Hall of Fame, like nobody went goes into the Hall of Fame because they fielded really well. Mm-hmm. So the whole DH thing, oh, how can you have somebody who doesn't even play in the field? It's like no, nobody. I've heard zero person go, oh, this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. He had a nine ninety five fielding percentage for his career. What yeah, about catchers and Never. yet a worthless position like a closing get? pitcher can get a hundred percent of the vote and become the most overrated. Athlete in any sport of all time like Mariano Rivera. There you go. There, we got that out of the way early. But that is funny, though, right? Like, people bring yeah. that, oh, you have to play defense mm-hmm. to get in the Hall of Fame. Really? Has it literally ever been mentioned 
when talking about somebody making it in the Hall of Fame. Only if you're adding to someone's resume that's already great. They'll exactly. be like, oh yeah, he won two MVPs, was named to 10 All-Star Games, and won six gold gloves. Like, it's the throw-in at the end yeah. of that list. Yeah, but had that person not won a gold glove, eh. he'd still be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah, even if he was poopy poopy butt butt soup and yeah. they're trying to hide him. I'm sorry, I can't stop saying that. Especially now it's my <laughs> fantasy team. I use it constantly. Mm-hmm. My, my son had a dirty diaper the other day. And I was like with him when he filled it up. And I was like, oh, is there poopy, poopy, butt, butt soup in there? <laughs> and your wife said, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, she listens to the show. She knew. Oh, she's I'm a fan joking. of the show? She doesn't listen to the show. Every now and then she'll be like, oh, yeah, I heard that one part. And then I stopped. Thanks, hon. Well, my wife listened at least long enough to send me a text that said, everyone knows that. <laughs> She's All right. right. She's probably right, though. She's usually right. What's the, what's the mystery topic? The mis- Did you want to talk about managers of the year, or are we skipping over I that? feel like we already talked okay. about it. Unless so, you had something you wanted to add to not my really. two-minute... Okay. I just I think it's stupid that Dusty Baker would be in under consideration yeah. for that. Especially because everybody's thing is, oh, he managed them through yeah. the crisis of being called cheaters two years out. Yeah. Like, There's more of what? an argument for the manager of the Rays, although I think... That organization is so incredibly analytics-driven that many of the decisions, if not all of the decisions, are not actually made by him. Hmm. But that's me speaking with almost no knowledge. I do know that Scott Service is regularly praised as an incredible culture builder. And if you look at the Mariners' run diff, they probably didn't deserve the amount of wins that they had. Like, that was all them not giving up. They were the comeback kids. They would go on a bad streak. It wouldn't get them down. They'd come back and they'd reel off six straight wins. So I feel, as a Mariners fan, my completely unbiased opinion is that Scott Service should be manager of the year. Oh, absolutely. Completely unbiased. Yeah. All right. Mystery topic. I want to know what the mystery topic is. I got in a little bit of a twargument this week. Oh, no. Not a twargument. Which is an argument on Twitter. A Twitter argument. A twargument. (laughs) Maybe it's a twiggument. No, no, that's not how word mashups work. Oh, you okay. just take the first consonant sound and you replace the next consonant sound of the next word. So, twargument, Twitter argument. But you didn't replace the next consonant sound. Because it doesn't it. start with a consonant sound. You, there's a whole rule book. I mean, I could get it for you, but it's not. I'll just tell you what the rules are. We won't have to worry about it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, Angel said stop. She hates it when I do this. I mash words <laughs> together. My wife just sent me a text that said stop. <laughs> I mash words together so, all day, and it annoys my wife and my so children. So if you were, I, I like to do it too. It's a lot of fun. So yeah. if it, instead of Montesano Bulldogs, it would be Muldogs. Muldogs. <laughs> the Muldogs. Yeah, but you have to kind of say it with a tone like, ah, Muldogs. See, I like to find other ways to mix it up. So instead of just saying Muldogs, I might say Montdogs or... No, no. Or maybe Boltesano. If I were the commissioner I would of the word mashup league, I'd fine you for that. That's <sighs> against the rules. Sorry. Oh no! My computer just went. <laughs> it went blue screen. Oh dear! I don't need it. I don't need it. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. So I. Uh, <laughs> I can see the reflection of blue on so, your face. So freaking annoying. <laughs> I'm gonna restart it while we do this. Okay. okay. So um, I had a two argument with a dude because I tweeted, and I think that this guy followed me on Twitter just so he could argue with me about my Mariners takes. Nice. Which I don't have a ton of. Okay. But I But they're always bad. I sometimes <laughs> maybe I'm not a baseball expert. He is. He always loses arguments to me. I don't know. <laughs> um I after watching the Atlanta Braves 
win the World Series. Yes. It brought up all these things about all these conversations we had and all these arguments that I made about how, hey, sometimes when you, when you feel like you're within striking distance, you need to make the moves because success is fleeting. Winning isn't guaranteed. Yeah, you're trying to build something great, but hey, you're close right now. Go make the moves to get better. That's exactly what the Atlanta Braves did. Even they made, though their best player was hurt. And they filled out they they filled out their lineup at the trade deadline, which is the opposite of what the Mariners did. Yeah. And they went from being they went from having like a 0.3% chance of making the play or winning the World Series at the All-Star break to winning the World Series. They won 88 games in the regular season, which is two less than the Mariners, and they did it in the worst division in the entire majors. Yep. So they won less games in the worst division. Yet they still felt like, hey, our team's good enough. Let's make a run at this. As long as we can get in, we got a shot. They went on, they went in, they got the players, and once you get into the World Series, man, or once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Yep. And it did. It happened this year. Atlanta became a good team after the trade deadline. And I'm just like, dang it, why couldn't the Mariners have done that? And I'm not even like, I'm not even gonna say. They should have done that because they definitely would have won the World Series, but, like, just try. Just try to do something that shows that, hey, I want to buy into this team right now. What is happening on my computer screen? I want to see. What is this? Oh, that doesn't... Oh, oh are, were you pressing a button mode? as you started it? What is easy mode? That I might have pressed a right. button. Well, we'll figure this out later. Anyway, Daniel, what's your... <laughs> <clears throat> this guy that I was having the tour argument with me was basically yeah. saying, no... You're wrong because. because the Braves were already a better team. And I was like, how can you say that when even after the additions they made, they won less games in a worse division? And he oh, starts bringing point. out all these analytics of, well, this guy was this, and they have all these guys that, are, that were rated this in war. And I was like, are you trying to convince me they were a better team after the trade deadline? Yeah. Because that's kind of my point. Exactly. They became <laughs> a better team after the trade deadline. You could go in at some point and read the entire thread because we argued for like an hour. Yeah. And there's a lot of information. It, was in circular. There. it sounds like he was using a bit of circular reasoning. He was. Like, well, they were better. Well, yeah, because they made he, themselves better. No, they were better. He was also pointing out, well, the guys that they already had also got way better during that time. And I was like, well, you're you're completely ignoring the fact that better hitters make the rest of the hitters in the lineup better. Yep. So you're taking these stats, but you're not giving the Mariners hitters the benefit of the doubt that if they had protection around them in the lineup, they would have also produced better. Yeah. So to me, like, I'm so glad that the Astros <laughs> didn't win, but I just can't enjoy these things. Like, I'm like, why couldn't the team I root for have done that? Yeah. And I'm with you. I think that, gosh, and I hope it works out, but they have a plan in place. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't part of the plan. Yeah. They weren't supposed to be this good, Justin, and it threw a wrench into it because they're like, oh, the players will understand. We're not this good yet. But the older players got grumpy because they got good before they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. And that threw a wrench into the plan. Community-wise, you know, yep. in the clubhouse, they're like, "Ah, oh, crap, we weren't supposed to be this good. But then they got that good, and then they started going, okay, well, why aren't we helping this team out? Well, because theoretically you might have to trade one of those guys like a Julio Rodriguez or, you know, somebody. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted them to do that. Exactly. And see, that's the thing is we're yeah. like, yeah, we wanted them to go get people, but here's the list of prospects we don't want them to trade. And yet the other teams would have been like, 
I want one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And so that's my only thing. I wanted them to do something, though. I'd like you to be a little less reasonable when you're making this argument. Yeah, but it's definitely not what the other guy's <laughs> argument was. That was yeah. stupid. Like, I agree. <laughs> come on. But I think I think the thing is, since their best players were already in the majors and therefore taking them off of that trading block spot, like let's say that Kelnick Rodriguez... The three young pitchers, you know, those young guys are already up in the Mariners organization, and then one of them gets hurt. Then they'll trade whatever else is down there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know those guys. So, yeah, sure, trade those guys to fill out your roster. But because their, I guess, franchise linchpins hadn't gotten there yet, maybe that's why? I don't know. But I definitely looked at all these teams making the playoffs from the National League, and I'm like, oh, great. Like, yeah. And how bizarre is it that, you're right, Atlanta with 88 wins. And yet everybody looks at it and it's like, oh, the Mariners just weren't good enough. Why would you build around this team? That argument is such bullcrap and it's for condescending dillweeds. Yeah. Because a team with 88 wins just won the freaking World Series. And they were trash at the All-Star break. Exactly. And I was asking the guy, like, what are you looking at? Are you looking at run diff? I see that Atlanta had a really high run diff. I get it. Yeah. Mariners had a bad run diff. Atlanta had a good run diff. But you know what? If you take out, like, one series with the Astros and then another series, or maybe it was the... Did they play the Astros and the San Diego Padres in like one week earlier on in the season? The run diff was like negative 40 from those two Mm. series by itself. Yeah. So after that, the Mariners run diff wasn't actually that bad. Like if you take out those two terrible series. Yeah. I just, everything's always hard to reconcile as a Mariners fan. Yeah. And I've been saying a lot of terrible things about Jerry DePoto, as we all have. Yeah. But we've all called him a two-faced liar and all that stuff. Yeah, I did. And you know what, Jerry? Two, three years, get to a World Series, I'll apologize for all of it. All goes away. Yeah. Um, I will still... I'm assuming that the reason they're not bringing back Kyle Seeger is because of the relationship there between those two and not because of numbers because I don't see... I, I feel like they're going to pay at twice as much money or at least as much, if not more money, for another player very similar. Mm-hmm. And then who's then going to get older because it's going to have to be a long-term type deal, whereas the Seager was going to be a year. So yeah. it's going to be that that one's going to be rough. I uh, I'm really curious to see how that looks. The last I heard was they're going really hard off of after uh, Simeon, and Simeon's a fairly old dude. If you give him five or six years, he's probably going to be poop by the end of that. So. They're also they would be moving him to second base, right? Isn't that the that's thought? the thought? Okay, but do you it. It's for them to decide who would be better at third, Toro or Simeon. That's oh, also okay. Just, so it could be third or second. Yeah, you okay. just majorly downgraded yourself defensively in the field too. Yes. Because Seager, well, Simeon's pretty good, but he's not. He's not Seager. Toro at third. I Ugh. think Toro at third would make people is very quickly realize how good Seager was that we just took him for granted for all these years. Yes. Toro struggled at second. Is second to me. Second feels like a lot more complicated, more difficult to field position uh, as a not like I don't play a lot of infield. Uh, I like third because I know what direction to throw the ball. I like everything is kind of in front of me from the corner. It is that accurate? It the, or not? <laughs> there, it's saying it's more complicated is an interesting argument. But saying it's more difficult, I don't think so. Okay. Third base is a very difficult position to play. It okay. is complicated, and you have to consider it if you're coaching, like, Little League. But a Major League Baseball player, 
who knows the position should always know what to do in all scenarios because it's their job. Well, it just seems like there's a lot on it. To me, it seems like there's a lot more demanded of a second baseman because he needs to be able to to uh, turn double plays. Turn double plays. You and... also play a lot of weird spots in the shift now. Mm-hmm. So that does throw... But also, the third baseman has to play shortstop during the shift yeah. and okay. move all over. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I'm I was sure just wondering... Like, because I know generally speaking. Yes, third base, you also need a much better arm than a second baseman. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I don't know if Toro has that. But I was... Because it seemed like Toro was struggling fielding. And yeah. I was... Like, maybe third would be easier, but probably not from what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. Because there, that's another thing. I mean, this is high school, so who knows what that's like. But I've seen kids who, if they're playing shortstop or second, will boot a routine ground ball because they have too much time to think about it. And uh-huh. then you put them at third base, and they just react. And they're really good at that. But if they have time to think about it, then it's hard. So, I don't know. Who knows? Interesting. Okay. People, people are different. I don't know. Anyway, I think we are now going to move into... Our, unless you have more? More? Yeah? Yeah? No? Nope. Yeah? No? No? Did it. you win your argument? <laughs> I, I always win my arguments. And if I don't win, I quit because they're stupid and unfair. <laughs> All right, it is now time for our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. Are we going to change the name of this? I, you want to call it the Trace, Ridge, Trace Ridgeway Memorial uh, <laughs> Isaac Pierce Athlete of the Week Award? I had, it, I had it spelled out a little bit more fanciful than that, I think. Trace Ridgeway isn't dead, so Memorial's probably <laughs> yeah, memorial's, not the right Memorial's word not a good there. one for that. Trace is uh, very much alive. Okay. Don't go spreading weird rumors. I want to see if I can find that where I was joking about what we should call the award now. Well, every every week during the last sports season that we didn't give it to Trace, we often felt like we should have given it to Trace yeah. and then apologized <laughs> to him. And we've kind of done the same thing with Isaiah through most of the year, although there were a few times where there were performances throughout the week that was like, gosh darn it, we can't not recognize these other kids. Like, yeah. you know, the Conan Baxter week, for example, oh breaking gosh. the rushing record. Like, that's just a for instance. There's been lots of deserving award winners but isaiah pierce man week in and week out this kid's just been phenomenal and for the second week in a row he racked up what is officially being called a butt ton of yards officially this time in a crossover playoff game in which montesano crushed a league champion la center team to make it to the state playoffs absolutely so and i'm this is joking we're not actually going to call this so don't get too excited montesano fans but this week, Isaiah Pierce is our <laughs> Trace Ridgeway Isaiah Pierce Commemorative Weekly Athletic Achievement Award winner. Okay. <laughs> you have to stick Oli Penn Real Estate in oh, there. Oh, yeah. The Oli Penn Real Estate Trace Ridgeway Isaiah Pierce weekly, Commemorative. Commemorative Weekly Athletic Achievement Award winner. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it's not easy. He's worth it. <laughs> so we had him for 292 yards total offense 75 yards receiving 100 or 217 yards rushing on 23 carries so almost 300 yards of total offense and four touchdowns for trace ridgeway in there for isaiah pierce you said trace ridgeway Gosh, we're gonna just it. mix up these kids like oh, the two amazing gosh. athletes from montesano football over the last couple of years i'm sorry isaiah Yes, for Isaiah Pierce. And just yeah. a monster game in their win over Le Center, which was taken down a one seed. And as much 
as you know, you can get into different rivalries up here in the Evergreen 1A and who you root for locally and all of those things. I love it when we just crush the Trico. I don't know why I care about it so much, <laughs> but it makes me happy that three Evergreen teams went down to the Trico and just beat the snot out of all of them. Yeah, I mean, the Tenino game and the Eatonville game against Castle Rock and Seton Catholic, those were way more blowouty than even the Montesano Center game was, which yeah. ended up 42-20. to 20. Um, I, I, I think the thing since, well, before we talk about the game, since we're still doing our commemorative athlete athletic achievement <laughs> award thing, just to, just to say one the thing about the only pen real estate athlete of the week <laughs> is Isaiah Pierce. To there say we go. One more thing about Isaiah is that anytime I've ever spoken to a, a, t- a player and I know many about Isaiah, they like, yeah, I mean, he's amazing. He's really good. They don't go right to, wow, look at how fast Isaiah runs or look how strong he is. It's, man, have you ever seen that guy work? He was at every practice. He was in the weight room every single day throughout the summer. He's a beast in the weight room. He works super hard. He's a leader. He's the first person to pick somebody up. If you ever go watch what Isaiah does after a game, you know, he'll be the guy that's walking over to the sophomores and saying, hey, how you doing? Hey, that was a nice play. Like the kid is pretty much the epitome of what you want a teammate to be. And we've had the benefit of observing a lot of those over the years. And I think, I mean, it just really stands out to me where when I talk to my son about Isaiah, I want to talk about like, or, or with my son's friends about Isaiah, I want to talk about, well, that touchdown he had, or did yeah. you see how fast he got? Did you see how he never stopped running? And they're like, yeah, Isaiah is really cool. He's a great leader. You know, he really helps us out. He's helped us learn a ton. He, he leads by example with the right way to work. So, I mean, I would say... This is a kid who 100% is is deserving of the accolades that he's received this year. And I think, as I've been saying for the last few weeks about how good our league is, and we've been talking about it on this show, I think it's the best Evergreen 1A league I've seen in quite a while. The fact that there's some other good ones and that have been brought up. Yeah. But the fact that Isaiah Pierce didn't win one of the MVP awards. I'm sorry. I didn't roll my eyes. I was like thinking of other ones because they're happening. 2018 was really good. Yeah. And the and the year with Monty and Hoquam where they're both insane and Monty ended up winning the state title. That but it's more of a top to bottom thing yeah. to me. Um, the, Ooh, the bottoms. Bottoms pretty bad this well, year, man. There's only, there's only five. There's only five. Talking about Hoquam. Um, don't don't make me say it. Say top four teams. Top four teams. I felt were all yes. really strong. Yes. So the fact that Isaiah Pierce didn't win win one of the three potential MVP awards, the overall MVP, the defensive or the offensive MVP. Wait, who got the offensive? There was two. So the the league MVP was Takari Hickel from Tenino, which okay. I feel like is. That well deserved. Out. Yeah, um, both sides of the ball. He's a total beast. There were two kids from Eatonville. I'm gonna feel like a jerk for not remembering their names. Nah, they're Eatonville. The, we don't care. The offensive and defensive MVPs both came from Eatonville, okay. which they're the undefeated league champion. Yeah, like, they that totally makes sense. deserve that. But the fact that you could have a guy like Isaiah, who was phenomenal, and I don't want to downgrade the fact that he was all league first team both ways. Like that's an incredible achievement. Yeah. But he's league MVP material. Oh yeah. So the league is so strong that he couldn't get one of those MVP spots. That's a good point. That's how good the league is. That's a, that's a good point. Although I think if they beat Tenino, so mm-hmm. maybe you could say if yeah. they have all their starters against Tenino, sure. then he might sneak one of those in there. But anyway, I totally get what you're saying. Another thing I love about how Isaiah plays is he's one of those guys and you see it every now and then, and it stands out to me 
maybe because I'm getting old and mushy stuff like this kind of, and I'm not saying he's mushy at all, but he will finish a run and blow somebody up and like wreck somebody or crush somebody on a run. And then he'll pick them up, tap them on the back, give them a good job and run back to the huddle. And that stuff stands out to me. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's not as uncommon as I think, but it, for some reason with him, it stands out to me. And the first name that I thought of, of another kid who kind of did that a lot um, was Artemis Johnson. Mm-hmm. Do you remember I him do, for Hope 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 Yeah, He would just truck somebody, crush, break four tackles, and then he'd like go pick up everybody after the play and be like, oh, good job, man. And I see Artemis doing, or I see Isaiah doing that a lot, you know, where he's mm-hmm. helping guys up from the other team and giving them a pat on the back or talking to them after plays or stuff like that. So it just extends that, what I see as the leadership that you're talking about. And you see that it also, it's a great mindset to play with because you're probably not going to slip up and get a personal foul penalty, you know, if, if that's the type of attitude that you're playing football with. Right. And I, I don't know. I love to watch it. Um, it on also the field, takes, takes a special kind of player to be able to play a violent sport in the mean way that he does. Mm-hmm. And then after the whistle's over, just to be like, okay. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> that's, that's so true. And the thing that came out in this game is I, you've watched more Monty games than I have this year, and I've watched a bunch. Mm-hmm. But his receiving really yeah. popped out in this game. And it was a huge part to the beginning of the game where some of the coaches, I think, I can't remember if it was Terry or another one of the coaches, said that the seam was going to be something they were going to mm-hmm. look to attack. And they were thinking maybe with the tight end, but when your best athlete's sitting in that spot that can just burn the seam, I mean, it was a great way to use him early on in that game. Yeah, and they do. I mean, the tight end that and they have other good players that can play tight end, but Alex Sweet would have been the tight end from the beginning of the year, and he's been out with an injury the last few weeks. Um, Caleb Ames has stepped in there and done really well. They also have Tyler Johansson, who's been playing tight end for a long time. Like, there's other kids that can plug in there, but, you know, in that scenario, it's win or go home. And it's like, hey, we're going to leave it all on the table. And I love the idea of sticking Isaiah in there. But you you nailed it, though, because it gave him a chance to really like show what he can do in, in all aspects of the game. Yeah. Like we're... most of his receiving earlier in the year had been catch a short pass, run a long way. Or, you know, catch a slant and something that's 8 to 10 yards over the middle and then run a long way. Yeah. Well, these were straight up like receiver routes yeah. that he's running and going and making these plays. Absolutely. And some of them were in traffic, yeah. going up to get the ball. Yeah. Like, they were excellent catches. He really has great hands. There was a play earlier in the season where he was juking while catching a ball that I just I marveled at it as it happened. Like, I can't remember very many times of seeing someone who was so sure of their hands that they would make a move while they were in the process of making a catch. Yeah. You don't see it too often. No. It's like, that's normally when stuff. people drop balls, you're like, oh, they tried to exactly. move before they caught yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's true. <clears throat> Football season's almost over. Mm-hmm. Monty's our only local team left, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like there's any other performances that can all of a sudden change what I'm about to say. I think if we were doing like Football Player of the Year award for wait, the Wait, wait, hold on. I got something for this. Uh oh. Hey, I'm going to say, and I didn't talk to either of you about this at all, but I'm going to say our Ole Penn Real Estate Football Player of the Year award would probably go to Isaiah Pierce. No argument here. I mean, shocker, right? <laughs> Unless you want to count last season, which was technically this year. Maybe I should have said of the season. Can we give Jeremy Sawyer an honorable mention? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Sawyer had a huge year and I think was vastly important to that team as well. But I think what Isaiah Pierce did this year is just a step above Agreed. what everybody else did in Grace Harbor. So, and did we mention he's phenomenal on both sides of the ball? Yeah. He's also a great linebacker. Yeah. So, wow, we just spent like a half hour gushing that was awesome. over. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know you love it. And that was a favorite part of my Caitlin day so far. watching from I have a puppy. Alaska says, excellent use of rivalry, Daniel. Oh, yes. <laughs> I didn't notice. I didn't even. <laughs> use w sounds in it at all do you usually the very first time i was on the radio very first time ever in my entire life yeah. ian cope asked me about the rivalry game between aberdeen and hoquiam and i said you know anytime you get in a rivalry game it's just <laughs> oh that's a pressure cooker yeah. man did not go well. You've All come right. a long way since then. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think it's time to get into the local sports roundup, which we will finish off talking about that Montesano victory over the center. As Isaiah Pierce, as we mentioned, led them with four touchdowns, two in the air, two on the ground. Jaden McElravey threw both of those touchdown passes. He had an excellent game as well. And Jared Wisenhunt actually had a very nice performance in it as well. He also had two touchdowns for the fullback and the Montesano Bulldogs there. They get the 42-20 victory, and that came with a late touchdown late in the game that made it a little closer than it actually seemed, in my opinion. And in swimming, led by a district championship swim from Anna Madison's, the Aberdeen Bobcats girls swim team is once again sending a clutter of Bobcats to the state championship meet. Thanks to the Daily World for this information. Madison's won the 100-yard breaststroke to lead Aberdeen to a fourth-place team finish at the 2A-1A District 4 Girls Swim and Dive Championship meet on Saturday at Shelton High School. Bobcat state meet swimmers include Miha Hood in the 100 backstroke and 100 butterfly, Litzy Arona in the 200 individual medley, Kira Burns in the 500 free, and Caitlin Ansich in the 1-meter dive. Love it. Also, we had another football game over the weekend that I forgot to mention in here in the show sheet, but the Aberdeen Bobcats did travel down to highly ranked Ridgefield. I believe they're number two in the state ranked during the RPI. Not positive on that. They did fall 28 to nothing at Ridgefield. Tough matchup for the Cats, and their season comes to a close. Um, but we are looking forward to next year for one. Yeah, a lot of players coming back for that team. A Very competitive team going in the right direction. Absolutely. Um, for cross country from the state cross country meets uh, in 2A boys, Julian Campos finished 12th at cross in that state meet. Uh, Gary Sherman for Aberdeen and Will Bowling for Aberdeen also ran at the state cross country meet for 2A. For 1A, uh, Eric Jacklin from Montesano took 19th and Timmy Higgins from Hoquiam was also competing in that state meet. For 1B and 2B, we've uh, heard these kids' names a decent amount from Ocosta. Dylan Todd took 20th, Matthew Idzo took 48th, and William Idzo took 53rd. And there's something like over 130 runners in those things. So it's, it's placing in the 50s, pretty good run, as all of those Ocosta players uh, did very well. Do we have anything from Joel DeBlanco this week? Uh, the only thing I wanted to mention, because we already kind of talked about Cincinnati and where they okay. fall on the college football playoff rankings, I wanted to notice or I wanted to note that he recorded 17 tackles. Oh, wait a second. 
Is that three weeks in a row now? That That's a lot three, of tackles. Three out of four weeks, he's set a new... He's he's led the team in tackles four consecutive games, and three of those games he has set a personal best. Dang. He had 10 tackles four weeks ago, then I think he had eight the following week, then 15, and now 17. So he just keeps going through and, and setting up his... Just upping his personal best. Really, I mean, playing his best ball towards the end of the year here for Cincinnati. That means by the college football championship game, he's going to have like 30 tackles. Yeah, he just has to keep going. <laughs> we got the escalator in. <laughs> yeah. All right. So do we have a... We, we're running kind of long, so I'm going to save my power ranking because uh, it will it will save for next week. Okay. Just I well, don't just believe fine. you had one. <laughs> next week, I'll be listing <laughs> the top five holidays. Oh. Thanksgiving five times. <laughs> So just think about that, people. I'll be listing the top five holidays. Okay, gotcha. You want poll results? Yes. Okay, here's the first one. I put a lot of polls out. In fact, I put so many polls out that one of our followers tweeted a poll that said, do you think the scrimmage is putting out too many polls today? And the two options were yes and definitely. (laughs) Who did that? Kyle. Kyle did that. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Appreciate Kyle. you listening. I actually really did appreciate it. I retweeted it, and it got a decent amount of votes. Um, first question. Should your butt still be hurting three months after a minibike accident? That stems from the fact that Daniel's butt's still hurting three it's, months after a minibike accident. It still hurts. Well, Daniel, 80% of our audience says you have a problem. It should not still be hurting. Uh-oh. Should we be worried about Daniel's butt? Oh, gosh. 83% of the audience said yes, we should be worried about Daniel's butt. <laughs> How many of these are my butt related? That's all of them. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> but I was legitimately worried about your butt. So Yeah. Next question. Do you agree with Tom Brady that defensive football players are dumb? Oh, this should be fun. 62% of the audience said no. They do not agree okay. with Tom Brady. A lot of defensive you players ag- in the audience. Do you agree with Daniel that defensive football players are no dumber than any other football player? Which is something you said, and I made sure that I quoted you almost directly on that. Well, Daniel, 83% of the audience agrees with you. Defensive football players are no dumber than any other football player. Next one is, do you agree with Andrew that only defensive ends can be dumb? <laughs> you definitely didn't quote me. No, I, don't. I totally took it out of context and twisted it. Well, 60% of the audience agrees with you, Andrew, that only defensive ends can be dumb. That's concerning. The next one is, is Space Jam 2 the best cinematic production of the year? Which is something that I said. Yeah, that's... So 85% of the audience did not agree with me. Shocker. No, Space Jam 2 is not the greatest cinematic production of the year. Next question is, does Squid Game sound like a sequel to SpongeBob? Which is something Andrew <laughs> said. And, uh, well, this has never happened before, but 50% of the audience said yes, 50% said no. Huh. And that's out of 8,462 votes. I'm glad that you had the presence of mind to throw out an even number there. You're welcome. (laughs) No, because it's a real number. I just read it off my phone. Yeah. Uh, Next question. Is Raymond always led by a Freeman and a gardener? (laughs) Daniel, that's something you said. I thought it was hilarious. Well, 71% of the audience said yes, it is. Always led by a Freeman and a gardener. Next question. Just simply Fork Spartans. You did do a lot. There's more. Fork Spartans or Sporks Fartans? (laughs) 80% 80% of the audience said fartons. Yes. I wish that would have gotten back to forks. Next question. 
Does it stink to be the first overall pick in a snake draft, which the two of you agreed, because you had the first overall pick, Daniel, in our football draft. Yes. Andrew had the first overall pick in our candy draft. Yes. Well, 64% of the audience said yes. It does stink to be the first overall pick in a snake draft. And finally, one poll that I posted kind of late in the game when the Odell Beckham rumor started going is, should the Seattle Seahawks try to sign Odell Beckham Jr.? 70% 70% of the audience said yes, they should. That's our okay. polls for the week. All right. I love it. Oh, man. I'm so glad that you started doing that segment. It makes me <laughs> laugh so hard every time. Uh, we are going to do a mailbag next and uh, wrap up the show. But first, a word from our sponsors. At Oli Penn Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, we continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion, and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third, we put the human element above business through humor, enthusiasm, and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience, one person and one home at a time. With OliPen, it's personal. The mailbag. Yes, Send the mailbag. Send us your stuff. Send us your stuff in a mailbag. Well, Justin, we have a lot of candy discussion, I feel like. We do. Too. Yeah, so I we got, like, of all of the things we've ever done, people engage with us the most <laughs> when we talk about food. That's true. Um, so we got so many good comments on the candy draft that we did. So basically, I just put graphics up that said, here's all of our teams. We drafted candy last week. And well done with those, by the way. Thank those you. So great. I'm going to just say what the teams were, and then we'll talk about what the people said. My team was Reese's Holiday Shapes, Reese's Pieces, Reese's Fast Break, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, and Reese's Big Cup with Reese's Pieces inside. Sponsored by Reese's. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> hey, Reese's, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. we'll take Daniel's was Chewy Spree, Airheads, Swedish Fish, Crackle, which we later found out he was trying to come up with Crunch Bar, but they're basically the same thing. <laughs> they're pretty much the same. And Chocolate Charleston <laughs> Chew. Oh, yeah. Andrew's team, Snickers, Butterfinger, Kit Kat, Lindor Chocolate Truffles, and Ghirardelli Dark Chocolate Squares. Oh, he went fancy. I'm going to start with the Twitter comments because Twitter loved my selections. Okay, And good. Andrew said that that makes sense because Twitter is a cesspool, I think is what he said. <laughs> um, four people commented on it on Twitter and all of them picked me. I'm just going to read a couple. AR Racing Videos, which is uh, someone I know that is a friend of mine, uh, full disclosure, said, Justin wins. <laughs> Justin wins, not just a win, a beating. Oh, The next ouch. comment was from Zachariah, and it says, 100% Justin. Wow. The next People one really came from, from Patrick, and it says, Justin comes in as the heavy favorite and leaves lifting the trophy. Some close matchups, but in the end, too much depth for the others to overcome. <laughs> I thought I love the way he approached it, like they were actual teams going to be fighting each other. Then from Clarence, it says, Andrew and Daniel have a couple of nice players, but Justin's is dominant one through five. (laughs) Team Justin wins by so much they have to use a running clock before halftime. Ouch. So that was uh, Twitter definitely liked me the best. Facebook, on the other hand, liked Andrew. Liked Andrew. So Rob says, Andrew understood the assignment. Daniel needs to check himself because he wrecked himself. <laughs> Justin, there are other candies than Reese's, and I'm a big peanut butter cup fan. Yeah. Sydney says, 
I would have to say Andrew. Justin is two one note, and who even invited Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, I'm much more active on Facebook than Twitter. I got into arguments with people. You did. <laughs> your arguments were pretty good. And then Daniel, you argued for your variety. Yes. Uh, and then Sydney said, "Spree is what's left in the bottom of a variety bag <laughs> that no one wants, and they should have stopped making Charleston Chew in like 1983." I liked my response to that one. I said uh, they probably did make stop making <laughs> Terza, am I saying that right, Andrew? Yeah, that's right. Says that's my cousin. Andrew, he has the best overall selection. Lynette says, I like fruity better than chocolate, but since nobody went for the sour candies and added Sour Patch Kids, nobody gets nice things. So we got one vote for none of you. I yeah. thought Daniel was going to, like, I would have guessed that Daniel would have Sour Patch Kids in his top five. I, I I actually consciously was surprised that you didn't pick I, it. I had Chewy Spree. I had that, that role filled already. Oh, okay. So Jimmy says, Andrew does. Andrew wins, but he needs a Reese's in there. <laughs> which, which I couldn't. I, they were all taken. I later pointed out. I later pointed out that he wanted fast break, but I scooped it up early, which is true. Yep. Which is why he hated the snake draft and being the number one pick. That's right. <laughs> Um, there's a comment from a comment from Justin that says, I am the obvious winner. Daniel and Andrew don't understand candy like I do. Gee, I wonder who that was. <laughs> also, there was a there was a comment from Heidi that's directed towards Daniel. Yeah. That says, Yours makes no sense as a collection. Yep. Spree and Airheads are such middle school candy, but Crackle and Car- Charleston Chew are total grandpa choices. Your taste buds can't decide what age they are. You deserve all the criticism you're getting. Maybe you can claim newborn sleep deprivation based insanity. <laughs> So oh. Heidi doesn't get on Facebook often, but when she does, oh, boy, man. she goes for the kill shot. <laughs> she got me. That so was good amazing. That yeah, yeah, oh. we got yeah. So I, also, I argued with that too. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, that I, did I, get, I laughed really hard reading that one. I did get one. one vote on Twitter from Kirsten, but <laughs> you know, on um, Facebook. On Facebook, yeah. Twitter, yeah. I won. On our live chat, yeah. Daniel's sister has uh, awarded me the win, but said that I need a Swedish fish. Yeah, and see, I had sweet. Didn't I have Swedish fish in mine? Or did yeah, I? Yeah, Daniel, you have Swedish oh, okay. fish. Exactly. Chewy, Chewy Spree, Airhead, Swedish fish, Crackle, Chocolate Charleston Chew. Okay, so I got to say one thing. My wife says Daniel's always standing up for the little guys. As, as I was reading I through this, weird stuff, didn't I? And I and I was really feeling badly for Daniel because you you took a beating on this I and did. like. So I don't know if people who know me or people who listen to the show are just so used to me and who I am. <laughs> I didn't really get too much criticism for choosing all Reese's. I was shocked by that. I think shocked, the, I tell you. I think the people who are being overly critical of your list are sleeping on Chewy Spree, man. Chewy Spree! That's a good candy. And I, I think people, so, yeah. It is so it's, different from normal Spree. Yeah. Okay, normal I spree probably don't even bad. know the difference between the two. One's chewy and one's hard. Well, yeah. I meant, like, I probably haven't had either one in long enough that I couldn't, like, I don't know what they taste like or anything. I will buy some Chewy Spree and bring them next I won't week, like them. and then I will eat all of them. <laughs> and then go, dang it, I was supposed to give you some. <laughs> Your mouth will be thrashed. Oh, totally. Totally thrashed. You can't. Those big bags They're of Chewy sour Spree. sour candy? They're like tart. They're yeah, like okay. tart and sour, but they have like a sweet like outer crust. Yeah. And so you're like, hmm, this is nice and sweet. Do and they, then when you chew into them, it's like all tart. And, do the, yeah. the chewy ones taste the same as the hard ones? They're just chewy and not 
Crunchy? I don't know. I haven't had a crunchy one in a long time, but I think the thing is you can't enjoy the tartness when you just crunch into it and it's just gone. That I makes don't sense. Know. Okay. But so I would just say that like so we we used to go to Hoop Fest every year. We yeah. did this for several years. Yeah. I would go an entire year without eating chewy spree. Then you'd have this big bag that we'd share, <laughs> and it was the one thing I was like, dang, every, how do every year I forget how good these are and I never have them, and I just would look forward to it. That was like the Spokane Hoop Fest snack we exactly. would share. Yeah, that's a middle school candy. That so I think how... some of the criticism that you were getting is a little unfair. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're also, in my defense, you guys picked teams full of the same type of player. I actually filled out the roster for I playing had... different. Like, if you guys were picking, I guess, five fighters to just go in and punch people, that works. But if we're going basketball or football or anything, like... You guys picked five offensive linemen or five centers or five point guards. Like, I went, okay, I got my fruity, I got my tart, I got my chocolate, I've got my old school, and airheads. I thought I was going to get more about airheads. Airheads are definitely a middle school candy. Yeah. It is a weird, <laughs> waxy substance. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure why I like those. What you like about airheads <laughs> is you get the red ones and then you put it halfway in your mouth yeah. and you pretend like it's you got weird. a long, skinny tongue sticking out. <laughs> That's what's fun about airheads. They even have the line candy. down the middle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I like that argument, but I just don't like those kinds of candies. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I will I will uh, definitely give you that. I you definitely had a better a better rounded selection. Well, because peanut butter cups are indisputably the best kind of candy. I knew that there was going to be a bunch of peanut butter cup lovers out there that would go for my list. And Andrew had some really nice fancy candies on there. I think that was the problem. I didn't have a good heavy hitter. Like Mm -hmm. I went, I went, Chewy Spree. I went off the board. (laughs) I went off the board with all of them. Like I didn't, I didn't have a Snickers or a Reese's or a Lindell chocolate truffle. Lindor. Lindor, whatever it is. Well, you guys might have saved me because if... if Jules Daniel is giving is, you points for variety. Yes. Daniel, <laughs> my family helps, okay? <laughs> Your sister is coming on here and encouraging you. My sister went on there and <laughs> annihilated you. That's true. Yeah. And historically, I would have thought it would be the other way around. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I love my sister, but... Usually she just demolishes me in arguments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying she's really good at arguing. Oh, I've never lost an argument to my sister. Because either I <laughs> win or I quit you... because it's unfair. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring that up, but you did it yeah. yourself. Yeah. So We have one more thing on here, but do we have enough time for me to tell a story? Or yeah. should we? Okay. So. Well, I don't know, Andrew. Do you want to go to bed or do you yeah. got time for a story? Yeah. What time bed is it? Bed is for losers. All right. All right. So. Um, this week, was it this weekend? Was it two days ago? Are you asking me? Because I wasn't there. I you weren't there. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think either of you guys know about this yet. So we have been hearing a critter run around in like our ceiling area in our apartment that my wife and I live in. And we've been like, ah, crud, we got to get something up there. So we put some like rat poison up there and we think we hear it playing with it, but not really eating it. I think it's just toying with us <laughs> at this point. So we'll hear it like batted around a little bit and be like, ah, these people think I'm going to eat this. That's funny. Um, but the other night I walked out, my son was crying as babies do mm-hmm, and yeah. you have to go get them and give them to mom, feed them and 
put him back to bed. So I walked out the door and took one step, and this big freaking rat was standing right in front of my bathroom door and went taking off over towards my computer. Mm. And I was just like, ah! That's the appropriate response. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm just like, uh, what do I what do I do? And so I'm kinda like standing there and then I'm like, well, my son's still crying, so I, I like sidle around the corner and pick up my son and take him into the bedroom and shut the door. I'm like, okay. And my wife's like, Well, did I hear I think her exact words were Did I hear you exclaim? <laughs> Which is really odd for she the middle of the night. She didn't want to emasculate you yeah. by saying you screamed. That's yes. very thoughtful. Yeah, what a she, very thoughtful wife you did have. Did I hear you exclaim? And I was like, yes. I saw the rat, and it ran over by the computer. And she's like, well, we can't just we can't just not do anything about Smart it. Smart at you all like, your cords. I was like, well, I <laughs> I set a trap. I went I went and got a trap because I knew where my, my brother had just killed a rat with a trap. And so I knew where he set it back up again. So I went and got it. Put it on the table, and Courtney was like, no, that's not good enough. Uh, we have to do something about this rat. We're not going to put our son back in his bed with a rat crawling around. What if the rat crawls on our son? And I was like, yes, that sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything about that mm-hmm. at all. Yep. So I go back out when we get done feeding the boy. And I'm like, all right, let's gather our heads. And so I grab our broom. Have I grabbed the broom yet at that point? I'm not sure, but I'm like looking around. Like I turned on some lights, and I'm like looking around. And our... I hate this so much. This still gives me the heebie-jeebies. Our apartment has these heating pipes go through it that I have to duck so I don't hit my head on, (laughs) right? And they go through our apartment, and they kind of come down and go through our apartment. And I'm standing, like, kind of in the hallway right outside our bedroom, and I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't see the rat, but I heard something. Courtney, I think I heard it skittering on something. I'm looking around, and Courtney goes... It's on the pipe right above your head. And I'm like, ah! No. Ah! And so I go like running. Did you down. exclaim? I exclaimed. <laughs> I exclaimed multiple times. I'm like running through my apartment going like this, like it would have been a spider, and I just didn't feel it jump on my head. But I'm like like keeping it, like batting it off of my head like that. And I'm like screaming as I'm running through the house. Yeah. yeah. And you so gave I, me a little shiver I there. Turn, right? <laughs> right above my head. Uh. And so I come around and we get the brooms and Courtney and I are like, okay, what do we do? Do we poke it? Like we got to make sure we have a plan. So we have like, uh, like a bucket. I think we have a bucket to see if we can try and get it in or something. I'm not even sure if we've gotten to that point, actually. We're just trying to <laughs> poke it. And so I, we decide, okay, we're ready. We got the things, which was... I think a blanket and a, a, a bucket. Mm, and good choice. So we, but not great because one of them was a blanket and that's not going to capture anything. But it did protect Courtney because I poked it and the thing jumped at my wife oh. off the pipe. Did like, she exclaim? Oh, she exclaimed oh. very loudly. She's <laughs> full, on, full on scream exclaim <laughs> loud. And this is like, this is now four o'clock in the morning. And, it, we have the, and then it jumped down and it charged me. I don't. It wasn't what? running away. It charged me. What? Well, it had to go past me. Oh. So, but it, and I was running and screaming again more. That might have been the rare occasion that you were more afraid of the rat than the rat was of you. Oh yes, mm. I think that happened a couple times okay. though. Like when it was above my head. Yeah. And just sitting there. <laughs> this is a its, devious rat. Devious, devious rat. So yeah. it runs into a, a corner, dad. and <laughs> maybe it was revious. So we're. <laughs> <laughs> we're we got it cornered and we're like all right we got to get it into 
this tub because then we got a uh, one of those big plastic tubs. Uh, there's a name for them. Anyway, okay. you put things in. Big yeah. plastic tub. Okay. Empty. And we're like, all right, we'll get it into this thing. <laughs> so then we finally poke it out of this corner and it starts running around. And even though Courtney and his eye should remember, we're bigger than it. It's scared of us. But it moves so darn doesn't quick. doesn't seem like it's scary. It you. moves so quick that you start panicking. And so we're like, ah, ah. And so I'm like jumping around like, ah, rat. And we're like hitting him. Hitting him with the broom. Trying to get it into the tub. But then it skirts around and darts. And it like misses the tub. And then we had put blankets under my son's room door. So it wouldn't go under there because there's kind of a big gap for mm -hmm. that door. And I don't know why, but the devious little rat wanted to go into my son's room. So it's making a beeline trying to go through that blanket. And I'm like hitting it with the tub because I'm, try I'm trying Not trapping it in the tub. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, <laughs> but the ledge keeps drilling. <laughs> I'm like trying to get it and I can't. And then it darts behind my couch and I'm like, oh no, there's no way we can get it out from behind there. Because the couch is really big, and if it yeah. wanted to, it could, like, chew into the couch super easy. Mm -hmm. But this rat really wanted to go into my son's room for some reason. So much so that I tossed one of our brooms into the corner, past the the other end of the couch, and it went darting back this way and then scrambled <laughs> under the door into my son's room. So then Courtney and I, like, okay, we're going there. And we think we know what corner it went into because it's behind the rocking chair. Think At this point, are you being quieter as not to disturb your son? No, because we left my son. Thankfully, we left my son in our bedroom. Okay, we made sure that he was like protected on the Got bed. It. Okay, yeah. Caitlin, so my sister says so many nopes, and <laughs> Jewel, your sister says she's getting flashbacks of Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, the, definitely some some of that going on, but it gets worse. Okay, it gets that wasn't the worst that, part. The pipe might be the worst. Okay, part, but I have another really scary part. Okay, so. We think the rat's in this one corner, so my wife now is getting, like, she's fully woken up at this point, and she's pretty good in a crisis. Me, panic, hit hit it with broom. But she has, like, devised a plan, so she's got all of the exits blocked. She's got this spot, you know, this, everything blocked by, like, pads of the chair, the rocking chair that it was around, and all of these different barriers set up, and we, we're going to... I like that strategy. Scoop it yeah. in, funnel it to the tub... Get it in there, trap now it. Now you guys are thinking. Yeah. Be smarter than the rat. All my wife's doing, right? Okay. And so we're like, okay, we finally got everything set up. We took like 15, 20 minutes getting everything set up to my wife's liking. And we're like, all right, let's go to the corner where it is. It's not there. <gasps> it's not there. Where did so it we're like, go? Where did it go? So we're poking around Back all these the different places. Well, at one point, I had picked up the rocking chair and carried it out of the room. And the only thing that we can think of, because we always had one eye on that corner where we thought it was the whole time, is it wasn't in the corner. It was attached to the bottom of the chair Spider that I rat. had picked up, and it could have jumped down my pants, but I picked it up and I literally <laughs> carried, it, carried it out of the Did you room. check your pants? No, it could have just come out in my pants. Yeah. You're right. My Spider little brother, rat. Spider rat. Yeah. My little brother once had a rat. In a similar situation where it was running around, go up his pajama ah. pants. I have never. He he literally screamed, jumped, and like Exclaimed. threw his pants down onto the floor, <laughs> like one motion. Yeah, my brother's really athletic, super athletic. It was the fastest I've ever seen, and I can even imagine anyone losing their pants. I was it gonna was, say, how many times amazing. have you watched someone disrobe? Yeah, I I have. <laughs> 
that <laughs> off. Not especially not trying to be super fast. So so at that point, it runs around back around towards my computer, but it stops next to our toaster oven, where our, our toaster oven's on something. The cabinet that's on holding our toaster oven. And I just see its tail sticking out. Can I just say that you look exhausted from telling this? <laughs> yes. So imagine me at 4.30 in the morning now, because it's now 4.30 in the morning, and I'm just sitting yeah. on the tub, Brutal. staring at the tail. Like, I'm not losing sight of it this time to set up any barriers. Courtney, if you want any barriers, you're going to have to set those up. I'm watching the tail, because mm-hmm. I don't want it to escape again. You've had an attitude change. You've gone from scared to angry, and you are <laughs> yes. not letting this thing get away from you. And then Courtney goes, should we call your brother? Because we need another body down here. And I'm like, it's 4.30 in the morning. I don't think his phone's even gone. But apparently, my brother has a thing where if you call him multiple times, didn't then it comes you? through. No. Well, Jess heard us. Okay. But she just heard thumping and was really confused when she went downstairs and saw that Tassie, their dog, hadn't ran around at all because it sounded like uh, thumping was going on. Got it. So I called my brother and he's like, Mello. you know, because it's 4.30 in the morning mm-hmm. on Sunday. I can't remember what day it is. But they all run late. together. Yeah. And so he comes down and he's got a garbage can, like a normal small gar- plastic garbage can and... I don't know what it was. Flooring, maybe? Hmm. Anyway, so now, in addition to the blanket and the tub, you the also tub have a bucket. a bucket and and, yeah. a, and some flooring. Yes, and some flooring that you All can slide under All the best rat-catching tools. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Great minds. And so <laughs> we're like, okay, Jimmy, Courtney goes to check on the baby, make sure everything's still good with that. And Jimmy's like, all right, well, I got my tub. And there's, like, so many things that the rat could now run under and make it really difficult to try and tub him. Um, but so I'm like, whatever. I just verbed the word tub. Yeah. So I poked the rat and it goes running out and it skitters around our little island thing in our kitchen, our little wheelie island spice rack thing, skitters around that and runs smack into a chair. (laughs) Drills its head and kind of staggers a bit and Jimmy just goes thump and catches it. That's what you needed the whole time. Yep. Scoops the lid under it. I take it outside. I take it across the street, across a park, chuck it into the woods, and we finally got the rat. <laughs> you needed house. that little rat to get a head injury. Yes. And that's what ended it. Concussed rat. Yeah. Finally made it so we could catch up to it. So, bet you didn't think it was going to be a 20-minute rat story when I put rat story in. That was the <laughs> highlight of the show, if I'm being honest. I really liked it. I still, I think I'm going to have nightmares about the rat just standing right above my head. Because remember, I have to duck to go under the pipes. It's a terrifying image. So that means the pipe is like this. Hit. So I'm standing here and the rat is literally like right there. I'm kind of impressed you didn't hit your head on the pipe in the panic. Right? Yeah. Me too. <sighs> I exclaimed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's gonna, I think that's going to do it for our show today. You're so, amped up. You're not going to be able to sleep tonight. Not at all. Especially if I hear more rats. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Seriously, don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it was long. It was big too. It was probably the body was like probably like that big, and the tail was probably the same length. So total. This is a two foot rat. A tat. So my brother says I'm exaggerating when I say it was that big. <laughs> but to me, it looks that big. Okay. Well, for me, I tat. always say that every spider I see is as big as my face. So. Are you sure it's not a twat? A two foot rat. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> Mark it. We'll cut that part out. 
I'm pretty sure it's not bad unless you pronounce it differently, right? <laughs> so Jewel says she's putting together a PDF of those rat hacks right now. It can be a freebie for the listeners. Thanks for listening to our show today. This is The Scrimmage. I'm Justin Domashevitz, my co-host Daniel Hargrove, and our trusty producer Andrew Gross is also here with us. Oh. Thanks to our sponsors, the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz and Oli Penn Real Estate. So for my co-host, Daniel Wivelwe Hargrove. <laughs> and my co-host, Justin Gimli Domashevitz. And my co-host, or my, my <laughs> co-host slash producer, Andrew the Odell Beckham hater gross. You've been listening to the scrimmage. I'm crying. Let's have an exclaiming contest. <laughs> Let's see how it sounds like when everyone exclaims. Daniel, you go first. Ah! Andrew. Ah! Ah! <laughs> moo. That was a moo. What if a cow needs to exclaim? 